We're in this series called The Prophetic, and we're in the third part of that series at the moment. And when praying about today, the, the core thing, the thing that I really felt that has, I think it's been being unveiled as we've been, gone, as we've been going along. But the thing that I just really heard today that the Lord say is, He wants us to grasp the realness and the relevance of the prophetic. The realness and the relevance of the prophetic. It's significant, isn't it? Because sometimes we can think that the prophetic is just this kind of strange sub-ministry that a lo like a load of crazy people go in for. But actually, I believe God's calling us in to look at the prophetic as, well, this is, this is front and center. See, the prophetic isn't some fringe thing. It isn't a weird thing. It's very central to God's plan upon the earth. But when we devalue it, even if it's unintentional, or we kind of discount it as, oh, that's a bit weird, that's the prophetic, we take away dramatically from our effectiveness here in the world because it's an essential part of how God works with us to cause his purposes to flood into the world for us to actually affect this world. The prophetic isn't, if you want a bit of an image of it, it's not a picture to be admired, something stuck on the wall that you kind of stand around and, and look at. To some degree, you can obviously talk about something, you can talk about anything, but it's not just to sit on the wall. It's like, okay, yeah, that's interesting. It's more like a pickaxe that's there, you can talk about it, but you can also pick it up and you can knock down a wall with it. You, know? you can build and you can just move forward with it. It's this practical thing. And as a church, the global church, we were never called to be people who functioned and operated out of our own strength, out of our own ability, our own skill and our own genius and things like that. The church is a people that know, we know our inability. The very foundation of our faith is actually you can't keep it. You're completely incapable of getting back to God. It's only in Christ that you can get back to God. We're constantly called into the impossible. It's the zone we live in. This place of, well, actually, what we're called to do is completely impossible for us to do in our own strength. It's the place where God has to come through, where only He can accomplish His purposes through us. And actually, if we accomplish His purposes in our own strength and ability, it's not going to look quite like or quite as good as what He intended. So imagine the disciples when Jesus first says to them this phrase that we just almost as a bit of a throwaway phrase. Yeah, sure, we get that. That's the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. It says from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost ends of the earth. It's not simple. Think of those guys. That's not, that's not simple. So for us, the ends of the earth or the ends of the world, it's a 24-hour jumbo jet flight away, isn't it? We've got the Discovery Channel, you know? We just Google on it. What ends of the earth? Oh, that's what it looks like. Okay. Map, Google Maps to get there. Take 15 years to get there by bike. You know, that kind of thing. We've, we, we have this picture. It's imaginable for us. But how totally unimaginable is that call to those guys then? How totally unimaginable is that? And it's right in that moment when Jesus, he gives, he gives them the call to go to the ends of the earth. And then he ascends up into heaven. But just before he does that, he, he says to them, you can't do it alone. You can't do it without me. Don't, don't go and start this thing without me. Wait. 
go. And they go to the upper room, don't they? And they pray and they wait for the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, wait for the Holy Spirit. You cannot do this thing I'm calling you to without a connection to me. You cannot do the thing I'm calling you to without a connection to me. It's the same today. It's the same today. Sure, we've got skill and ability. We don't have to pray, Jesus, should I have a croissant or like a pan au chocolat? You know, he's given us great skill. He's given us great abilities and we should use them. But there is this point where if actually we only operate in our ability, in our, in our own strength, then we miss out. See, there is a big mission for you and I to accomplish, to live in today, far bigger than ourselves. And the prophetic is core to that. Because God never said, go and do this. He doesn't say, go off and go and do this. Report into me in a thousand years. I'll be kicking it up in heaven. You know? He says, no. In that same passage, he says, and surely I am with you, even to the very end of the age. That connection to me, not me, but Jesus, is essential. So today and over the next few weeks, I just want you guys to begin to let that stir in you as we dig deeper into the prophetic that if it's been almost a thing like a subcategory of stuff and you're like maybe i'll get into that maybe i won't and that's kind of interesting it's not it's it's right there it's, it's it's everything it's our connection with him i want for our understanding and our expectation of the prophetic to completely expand i want that real ready usefulness like in a very genuine normal kind of way just to be apparent for us for us to challenge ourselves not to see these kind of messages and this series and what we're going on as hey that was an interesting thing that we learn about and it's great to learn and grow in knowledge about certain things but that it actually changes something but that they actually become tools in our toolbox for actually how we reach this world and impact this world, that in the weeks to come, you're going to be completely different. Not because you know something different, although you will, but that you will live differently, that you have a completely different expectation. So stir yourselves. It's a call to this expectancy for transformation. If you've been here over these few couple of weeks, we've been sharing prophetic testimonies. We heard one from Angel, we heard one from Pascal. And this week, I'm just going gonna, gonna to share one with you that happened to me when Scott was here. Um, so, some of you guys know Scott. He's the director of um, G&T from America. And he, he, he said, you know, when I, after the service, he came and spoke to me. He said, when I was coming to the church, God gave me this picture and gave me this word. And I wasn't sure who it was for, but actually, I kind of feel it's for you. So he shared it, and I was just blown away by it. And I, I'm sharing it today because apart from it blowing me away, I think it's a great encouragement for us as a church. And um, he said this, he said, as I came, as I was traveling here, I saw the Lord began showing me this dock. And in the dock, there was a lot of different boats. And, it, and God spoke to me and said, boats aren't made to live in the dock. They're made to go out onto the sea. They're made to go out and fish. And it's risky and it's scary. Anyway. And he then carried on and he said, this is, he said, that's, he said, it really spoke to me because he said, what you, what you guys are doing here isn't safe. It's not safe. What we're talking about here is very much hand in hand with God and seeing where he leads us and being willing to say, okay, this isn't just a 
thing just in the dock, but this is a thing stepping out. He said, James, it's very cool to see how all you guys are just so up for it and seeing the, seeing the presence of God in, in that place, that the stuff that we're looking at, the stuff, the journey that we're going on together, you know, isn't just this information session, but that it's a challenge to live completely differently. And that's risky. Challenge to go out there and prophesy for people, to see people healed. And that's risky, but it's a journey we're on. Anyhow, I, sh- I then sh- shared with him, and I'm going to share this with you guys so that for some of you who are here for the first time, you're on board or understand where I'm coming from. But actually, me sharing that, I think for some of you, you'll think, wow, that's pretty crazy. Because the co- one, our core vision, our core vision is family. We have two words, family and harbor. And harbor, you can see it in our vision messages, and there's an explanation online. But harbor, he used the word dock. Right? But when I describe the vision, I say the, exact, I say the exact same words. I say, boats weren't built to stay in the harbor, but they're built to go out onto the wild seas and fish. And I always describe it in the context of a fishing fleet, to go out and fish on the seas. And it's risky and it's scary. But that's our vision. That's the place we're traveling towards. You guys back in January would have heard me share that. And the reason I really want to share it is I'm encouraged because I haven't planned it. You know, I haven't planned this kind of stuff, but it's just listening to God and taking hold of what he says and following what he's saying. And it seems that God is leading us as a church in the direction from the vision that he's put inside our hearts. And I think that's beautiful. Remember when we did vision, I said, this is not my vision for my church. It's his vision for his church. I just have the privilege to pastor the church. I have the privilege to have stepped out with God in this. And we all have the privilege to journey that thing together. Okay, I'm going to carry on. I could probably talk about vision all day. I get too excited, then we'll be here till tomorrow. God has a plan. With the prophetic, it's not haphazard. God has a plan and a structure to see his purposes come to complete fruition upon the earth. He has designated this order for equipping the church to see people who come to faith in him, not just sit there and listen, Okay, and just kind of get super clever, but actually be equipped to become ministers, equipped and grow into maturity. And we call these the fivefold ministries, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We're going to do this later in according to the patterns. This is very much the foundation of destiny. These are given, these gifts are given by Jesus. And the gift, as we'll read in a moment, is the person. Their role is for equipping the church for the works of ministry. So let me read Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work 
we're all called to be ministers. That's a structure that the church is built on and grows on and matures on. And so actually, if you look in the church history, it's no coincidence when these roles, these officers, when they weren't in the church or disappeared from the church, something goes wrong. Something goes wrong. It doesn't develop in the right way. It doesn't grow in the right way. And sometimes in church history, they're not called an apostle. Like think of Charles Wesley. Saw millions of people saved just transformed so so the whole Methodist movement started never called himself an apostle but he was obviously an apostle see this is the structure that church is built on and grows on and matures on and the prophet's role within that context I'll just focus on that today the prophet's role is to equip the church for the ministry of hearing the voice of God and bringing the word of God into every sphere of society I think that's significant. The role of the prophet in the New Testament is to equip the church equip for this ministry of hearing the voice of God and bringing the word of God into every single sphere of society, wherever you are, your schools, your families, your jobs, all these things. How is God speaking into that? You can't expect them to come to the church. The church has got to go to them. The prophet's role is to equip. It's no wonder then that Sometimes the prophetic can seem a little bit of kind of a new trendy thing in the church, right? Because it's not been there for so long. But actually it's not new. It was just forgotten in certain areas. But it's been the plan all along. So do you see that in all of this that we can all prophesy? It would make no sense for God to set somebody in place to equip people to prophesy if actually not everyone could prophesy. We can all prophesy. And in fact, Paul calls us, follow the way of love eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Especially prophecy. All can prophesy. Not all are prophets. We're all called to be hearers of the voice of God and speaking that out into our worlds. But we're not all called to equip people to be able to do that. So let that sink in a bit. Your calling as a church, or our calling as a church, is to be the mouthpiece of God Almighty. We're the mouth of God. We're the body of God, aren't we, in the world? Into Sai Kung, into our families, into our workplaces, into the whole of Hong Kong, all the different spheres of Hong Kong. And what's prophecy all about? Let's begin going into that. What's prophecy all about? Prophecy speaks God's original intended plan, his, his original intent into a situation. See, the world tells us a story that's so often contrary towards God, or culture tells a story, or family politics tell a story that's so often contrary to what the Word of God would be into that person's life in that moment. Maybe you've experienced that yourself. Prophecy speaks out God's original intent and heart for a situation, a place, or a person. It brings breakthrough. When we prophesy, we hear what God's saying, and we communicate the truth of heaven into that place, into that situation. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. What may take years of counselling can be turned around in one moment from a word from God. See, people may be living under the bondage of this lie of culture, lie of whatever the family tradition maybe is, or just maybe believing some lies in their head, and they're living down this lie, and one word from God in that moment will break that chain, set them completely free set their life on a whole new course. It's beautiful. It's awesome. The church, us, 
We are a people who are intended to hear the master's voice and speak it out with the purpose of establishing his kingdom, not establishing us, not establishing a cool prophetic ministry, but establishing his kingdom. It's like the, the word, it's like that, that word from God, it's like a sword that comes out and completely lays waste to the works of the enemy. And it establishes his truth in that place. Prophecy is all about Jesus. What's it all about? It's all about Jesus. From the Old Te- we said last week in the Old Testament, it finds its fulfillment in Christ. From the New Testament, Jesus is the source of all prophecy. All prophecy flows from him. You know, in our kind of postmodern sort of world where meaning and purpose and destiny is quite a big topic. Hey, what's your calling and things like that? It can be so easy to forget that Jesus has a destiny. Sure, he lives outside time, but Jesus has a destiny. You know? Jesus has a destiny. Our life goal, first and foremost, is not about our destiny or building our life and whatever it is here in the world, but building his life in others, establishing his kingdom in this place, his government and his power. And I guarantee you, when you have that priority order, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You know, when you have that right order, that life will just fit together. It will be awesome. When you make his destiny your priority and not your destiny, suddenly your destiny comes under his and it, it's hard to describe, but it's incredible. It's beautiful. Doesn't mean, just as a side, it doesn't mean quit your jobs. I'm going to go and like, I'm going to go and start a church or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to theological college. No, it's what's your priority? Are you building his kingdom or are you building yours? Are you a, are you a teacher building his kingdom or are you building yours? You know, are you an astrophysicist building his kingdom or building yours? When we prophesy, we speak the reality of his destiny into being and we see his kingdom come. What's prophecy? Prophecy is the divine communication network. It's an unlimited communication plan. You know, bought with the blood of Jesus. You don't have to pay. You don't have to qualify. It's this communication network between you and God. WhatsApp, it's all free. Right? Connection with God's even better. To promote his gift of grace and encouragement and salvation and joy and breakthrough and wisdom. It is that connection between God and man. You see why it's so important? Why, it's, why it isn't just some sideline thing? It's so important. You can engage with Google, right? In so many different ways. And they're adding many more services lately, which is convenient. But you can engage with Google in so many different ways, the search engine. And you search so many different things, but really at the heart of that is just information. God is way more diverse than Google. So many different things and aspects that we can communicate with God in. We should be spending more time with God and asking him about stuff than with Google. But I think sometimes, so often we spend more time on Google. I've had weeks where I spend more time with Google than I do with God. Actually, do we ask Google first or do we ask God? How many times? And you know, when we get in that place, the more we listen, the better we become at hearing. Because it's not just like, God, let me prophesy, and then suddenly it's like loudspeakers in your head. Okay? It's something you grow in, something you develop in. 
fan into flame the gift fan it into flame you've got to work at it how much do we want it how much do we want it if, you th- if you've done exams before, how much prep do you do before an exam so that you do well at the exam? If you're into sports or you're into music, how much practice, rehearsal do you do before the big concert, before the big game? Th- this is something that I can't give you. Like Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift within you because he can't. Paul can't make that gift grow in him. It's about us. And that's why Paul writes to these guys. If Paul could make them earnestly desire the gift he probably would have done it you know he says he says a number of times like, i wish you could i wish you could you know that actually this is something that we need to own and actually sometimes today we don't like that because we like things not not necessarily with the, that kind of level of accountability but we want this we gotta own it we've got to say yeah god i want that and i'm gonna pursue it but it's so important that we become familiar with the voice of god and how he speaks to us and for that we need to, I'm going to use the word, practice. We need to spend time in his presence, practicing the presence of God. And also step out, step out, take risks with him. It's a risky place. And I'm saying that today just to begin to stir stuff in you, stir stuff in your heart, challenge you. And over the next few weeks, we're going to go into more and more teaching about the tools and the practicalities of actually living and walking this out. And then when we're in that place and we're like super zealous, you know, remember, it's not about you. It's all about him. When we pursue the revelation gifts, we always have to prioritize and center it all on Jesus. Jesus should be at the center of prophecy. Never not present or off to the sidelines of the primary agenda of what the prophecy is. It's about him and his kingdom. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a cross. If you were here last week, you'd have heard about this and all the other weeks before that. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a cross, completely sinless for you to pay for all your sin. And he gives you his righteousness so that by faith you can receive that, by believing. His right standing before God, how God looks at Christ the Son, is what we've been given so that when we come into the presence of God the Father, we're completely blameless, completely sinless before him. Not by your efforts, but totally by his. We get called into this beautiful, intimate, incredible relationship with the Godhead, with Father, Son, and Spirit. God went to extraordinary lengths went through horrendous trial to get you into a position where he can speak to you and have this intimate relationship with you. We said last week, God didn't go through all of that to just ignore us. He didn't go through all of that to be like, no, I'm not going to stop speaking to you. Sorry, you're not spiritual enough. It's not true. He's the center he is the source he's the source it's you speaking his words if he isn't central something's wrong because what are you hearing you know where's it coming from i want to take a moment to stress and go into the importance of the logos and the rima 
within prophecy. Okay. Because sometimes I think the prophetic gets a bit of a bad rap because there's some folks who've maybe just gone a bit mental with everything, gone offended people and scared people. And I think this is a key part that actually as we travel this journey, it's not about us people being like, hey, Destiny Church, that's such a weird place, you should go, it's quite interesting. But they're like, hey, Destiny Church, I came to that service and you spoke a word which set me free from 15 years of bondage. That's amazing that God, I can just tell God is in your presence. God is in your midst. That when the, there was a lady who came to the church and she began speaking out this stuff and I didn't know her and she was just speaking right into, right into my life at the end of the service and man, it just completely set me free. Things like that, that genuine realness, not weird, but just so supernaturally natural. That's what we want. And I think this is a great way of it being about him and having his revelation revealed to people who he loves and not about us being like, look at me, I'm super prophetic. The Logos is the inspired word of God, the Bible. So we call the Bible, the spoken word of God. In the past, this was prophetically inspired and people wrote down the word of God and it was written down. That has ended now. We're not still writing more Logos. We have the Bible, it's complete. We have the written Logos and the spoken Rima today. The, the Bible gives us the pattern, doesn't it, by which to live. We know the deep truths, the foundational truths of our faith, the foundations of who God is, how he, how he works, what our salvation is, the foundations of the gospel, what the Lord has spoken. We need to be in the Word. We need to be in the Word. We need to know it. We need to have it flow through us. So as we go on this journey, maybe a lot more in the spirit to do with some of the stuff that we're talking about, we can't be like, hey, yeah, it's really spiritual at the moment. I'm stopping to read the Bible because it's the foundation of everything. It's so important. It's vital. The Rima word, the Rima word is the active spoken word by the Holy Spirit to us that helps us thrive in that very situation. Like maybe one of those examples I just gave. The Logos word is the foundation because within it is that lens through which a spoken word, a Rima word, can be held up and tested, can be seen. You know, God's speaking today by his Holy Spirit into someone and they share, they share this word or it comes into your mind. It's not going to contradict the Logos. It's not going to contradict it. God told me to go and kill everybody today probably wasn't God then, you know, you need to see a psychiatrist. If you get, if you're a little confused or are there new terms for you guys, I think one way that you can think of it is the Logos, the Word of God, written down, recorded, the Bible, things God has said before, but still, he's outside of time, isn't he? Yesterday, today and forever, 100% relevant and real for today. The Rima, the voice of God, the voice of God speaking. See, the Logos is the unchanging word of God spoken and recorded. The Rima is the voice of God in that moment to you, that still quiet voice that's saying and speaking. Today, as we go on this journey in prophecy, prophecy must be built around both the Logos and the Rima. As you go on that journey in yourself, be reading the Bible all the more because you want to be hearing the word of God, the, the voice of God all the more. Why is that? 
See, the Logos, the Bible, describes God's will so beautifully. Can't, that's where I stop. There's no, we don't need to perfect on that anymore. He doesn't need to add to it. And the Rima brings the beauty of that scriptural context into our present day context, into our current reality, our nuanced and different situations that we're facing. So we need both. If we remove and take the Rima out of our lives, then it's very likely that we just, and we just live from the Logos, it's very likely we're just actually living from principles. There's no active voice being allowed to work in us. On the other hand, if you remove the Logos from your life and you just live on the Rima, you have no foundation on which to actually hear the voice of God. We need both. God never wastes time, he never wastes things. And you know what? That's why he gave us both. We need the Rima and the Logos. Where? Where are we supposed to prophesy? Where are we supposed to prophesy? Church is home base. Church is the home base, the equipping center for prophecy. It's from the church that we go out into the world. We see the kingdoms of the world be changed and adjusted and transformed by prophecy. We, on a large scale, on an individual scale. God desires to invade the kingdoms of this world with his love and transform them into his image. Not to take control in some weird new Christendom where it's just like, you now need a Christian culture. No. To see them reflect him. I think that's awesome. See them reflect him. Prophecy has this incredible ability to bring that transformation. It has an ability to impact leaders, bring heaven's wisdom to a situation, bring knowledge for breakthrough into a situation. These gifts of the Spirit that we're exploring together, particularly prophecy at the moment, they're not just for fun. It's not just like, I don't know, a pack of indoor fireworks that's just like, hey, let's have a really crazy time this time. We'll kind of make some people fall over in the church service, you know? God, could we do that? It's not for that. They're for a purpose. They're for a purpose that he wants to partner with us to see come to fruition. That's the realness and the relevance of the prophetic. It's not for spectacle. It's for drawing people deep into the relationship with him, for drawing people deep into love with him. This gift is for us all to eagerly desire. And so I want to encourage you guys, as a church, let's pick it up, that pickaxe on the ground. Let's pick it up. Let's pick it up. Look at it. Practice with it. Get strong with it. Not just to see encouragements happen in the church. Be like, this is my church pickaxe, you know. But actually that we take it into our world in a very normal, loving way, not a weird way. I love prophecy because it has virtually no limits has virtually no limits on where it can impact. Healing, healing's awesome, but it only, it's only awesome, really, if you're sick, right? Let me pray for your arm to grow back. I've got two arms, it's fine. No, come on, let me pray for you. I've got two arms. Hallelujah, that's amazing. It's not going to impact people. There's only so many people that healing touches, although it's a great thing. We're called to, we're called to do it. Prophecy has such a broad spectrum of people and places and ways that it can impact. It's amazing. It can impact governments. It can impact leaders. It can impact 
people's personal lives from from very small minute areas that you're really struggling with that maybe no one else on earth really knows about or cares about but god cares to the great massive complex issues of our day and i just think that's amazing i shared with you guys um a while back about a researcher in the states who had been going on this prophetic journey and the illness they were researching they actually prophetically ask God, give me revelation about this. And they received revelation and their kind of report was in three months in this research, we went, in three months, we went what would normally have taken us 10 years because of this word from God. It's amazing. It's that it can touch anything, okay? Literally anything. Prophecies intended to go everywhere. Most of the prophets in the Old Testament weren't inside, I'll just use the word church, but like inside that kind of Levitical community, being a, being a priest in that space. Not all of them were. You know, there was a number of them, like Elisha was a plowman, Amos was a herdsman, Moses was a lawgiver, Daniel, he was a government administrator. The prophetic isn't a thing that just functions in church, and it's just like, hey, let me just take you to the church to be prophesied over. No. It's real. It's for all of us. And there's a challenge in that for us all, whether we're whatever, whatever field we work in, if we're a business owner, we're a teacher, we're a stay-at-home mum, we work in the outdoors, that actually we take the realness of that prophetic out into every sphere of our lives. It's real. That's the challenge of prophecy. God hasn't called us to be a mouthpiece for him to only speak in church to only bring his revelation in the church. It's never the plan. He wants us to be relevant to the world. And that's part of our core vision, to be a relevant church. I long to see the day when I hear of you guys coming back and you're like, wow, you wouldn't believe this, but the industry I work in, that's incredible. It's incredible. I've, I've had this prophetic word and I shared it with the guys and they've tried it and this has happened that actually the world starts to take notice of the church, not coming to the church on a Sunday to necessarily get some revelation, but just know that actually the people in the church, well, they've got access to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, to the mighty God, that they have his ear. We need to learn how to hear God well and accurately and deliver it well. That's a journey in itself, deliver well, how to deliver in love, how to deliver in grace, where we don't come across as offensive and weird. The church is this preparation ground, a place of equipping. But it's out there, after the service, where the ministry really starts. That's the boats leaving the harbour. That's you guys. Ministers to the city. Now go. No, ministers to the city. It's terrifying, right? It's terrifying in a sense. It's very scary. But how exciting as well. And before you kind of stone me or something like that, that it's not my idea. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It's not my idea. It's not like, actually, I went to this church. I got some pretty crazy vision. That's not my idea. That's just his idea. It's the plan. It's God's plan that we would be a people, that we would gather together and be equipped, and that we would see the kingdom come out there in the world. That's the plan. What is the goal of prophecy? What's the goal of prophecy? It's love. It's love. 
It is to see the love of God permeate the world. Jesus is our blueprint, in a sense, that plan, that, that, uh, that, that map for the prophetic. So when we engage prophetically, when we are seeking his heart and his word, it starts through us looking through his eyes, seeing the world with his eyes, feeling with his heart. What's Jesus' heart for this? What's Jesus' heart? What's Jesus' mind about this? And stepping out in boldness and applying that, applying what we know, applying what we're hearing with, with his hands. So we're the body of Christ here in the world. We're the body of Christ, aren't we? See, whatever the situation, and that's challenging because it's whatever the situation, the Father's heart is love. The Father's heart is love, and that love is always his viewpoint. It's significant. That will impact how we approach each and every situation. When we look through the eyes of Jesus, we're going to look through the lens of love. It affects how we see everything. Because God is love. And some of you here today, as I say that, maybe you know, you, you feel a bit of turmoil inside. It's just your conscience, because you know you need to change your contacts. You need to change your glasses. You need to change that lens that you're looking through. The true intended purpose of the voice of God being spoken to us and through us is to bring people deeper into relationship with him. Not just to have some kind of crazy supernatural experience and then go off and live completely the same as they did. It's to call people deeper into the heart of God. It's this beautiful place where maybe they've read the Bible and they've been to church a few times, but there in that moment, it is this, they make they can't see, but it's as, it is as if God has just come right next to them and they just feel so known by God. They feel so loved by God that they can't, without a shadow of a doubt, say, mm, I don't think that's God because it's just so relevant to them. Prophecy at its heart is a communication of love. And love itself is the prerequisite to prophecy. That's important. Prophecy at its heart is a communication of love. So if you're getting up there and spouting judgment and abuse on someone and calling it prophecy, you are not prophesying. You're just abusing somebody and actually getting angry with somebody. You know, it's not prophecy. And love itself is the prerequisite to prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14.1 Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Gifts of the Spirit and love are completely interlinked. Love is the very foundation of it. If we can master walking in the way of love, prophecy is going to come so much more easily. See, it's not about mastering a skill as such. We've got to build that right foundation in us foundation of love you may remember if you've been here for our foundation series and that's got a cool story around it because we didn't quite intend to be doing that the last one is walk in the way of love it's that exact message walk in the way of love and build this foundation it's important to hear that see love makes us feel fully known by god fully known by god Love breaks down barriers, like the woman at the well who just meets Jesus, and the barriers are just broken down. Come and meet the man who told me everything I ever did. She feels known by Jesus. Prophecy makes people feel known and valued and treasured by God, which in truth is really just the reality of him. It's not making them feel something that isn't real. It is revealing to them the reality that God, the one who treasured them unto death, actually feels for them. Do you know what it's like for somebody 
who just doesn't believe in God or walks away from God or speaks against God to suddenly just have that love poured out where they know without a shadow of a doubt, wow, this is God speaking to me. I'm feeling his love. And this is just speaking life and truth and breakthrough over my whole situation. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. You can see a life changed in an instant. When we walk in the way of love, we see people as God sees them. This is a challenge. We see people as God sees them. We see them as he longs for them to see themselves. That's what the prophetic does when we walk in love. We see, we see this beautiful person that maybe they can't even see themselves. You know, and as we do that, we, we live from this culture of love towards them. And God uses us to help them become and see what it is that we both now see, what it is God sees in them, what it is we see in them. He uses us to call the gold out in people. So so much of the prophetic is calling the gold out of them that he put into them, that they never saw was there, or maybe they had been told for years and years and years it wasn't there. Prophecy is about this close, loved-based, intimate friendship with God. And when we're in that place with him, it's hard to not travel deeper into that place with others. You can't hate people and love God. Oh, I love God, but I hate people, you know. As the deeper we go with God, the deeper into relationship with God, the more we see his heart for other people, the more we're going to, just going to be in love with people. You can't approach the prophetic outside of love. There's no point. It's this being present in relationship with God and being present in relationship with people. The prophetic is about you being that gateway, that postman, the, the delivery boy of the gift to the person. It's not functional. It's intimate and relational. You've got to get that. It's intimate and relational. It's not about, it's not about you being, being a gate. It's you and God are just the best of friends. You're so close that you hear what his heart's saying and you, co-workers with him, partners with him, share that with these people who he loves and you have a revelation of his love for them. God has a heart for the seven plus billion people that are on this planet, each and every one. And as we know him better, as we're in his presence more and more, our heart for them it's just going to grow. Experience his love more and more. Let that just consume you and absorb that into you. Experiment with it. Try it. When you walk down the street, say, God, oh Lord, I just pray that you just reveal your love for these people as you walk. Man, it's just sometimes break you. you just maybe find yourself crying. If you're like me, he just cries all the time. But, you know, if you're not, if you don't cry, it's fine. But, you know, you just feel his heart for people. Your relationship with him is the primary source, the primary source of you receiving revelation. Think on that. Your, your relationship with him is the primary source of you receiving revelation, of you receiving that prophetic revelation, your ear on his heart. I'm in deep friendship and relationship and just 
you know, d deep lo loving relationship with God. I'm just so close to him. I just, I'm right next to him. I can't stop. I can't stop hearing what he's saying. Like he keeps saying this. It's annoying me. I've got stuff to do, but I have to keep going and speaking to these people. You know, often the guys who are operating in this place, they say, they share stories like that. Like I'm sat, sat on the phone. I'm looking forward to seeing like Infinity Endgame. And God says, hey, you need to go speak to this person. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And it is the ultimate goal of revelation. Your relationship with him is the primary source of you receiving revelation and it, your relationship with him, is the ultimate goal of revelation, that we would move deeper and deeper into relationship with him. You know, when God says a word to you and you share it with somebody and then, and, and they're just like, well, that just, you know, how did you know that? that? How did you know that? That completely blows my mind. You and like that drives you deeper into God. That trust, that, that trust and that relationship just grows and grows. It's awesome. So sometimes when you step out and you maybe have a word and you're like, I'm not sure whether to risk this, as long as you deliver it in love and grace and you're accountable over it, okay? If it's wrong, it's wrong. Right? We're accountable over it. We don't have to be stoned to death or have our heads cut off anymore. Thank goodness for the New Testament, you know. So what are you risking? You may be risking people being like, oh, no, that's strange. But actually, what are you risking on the other side? What are you risking not experiencing? What are you, what if, you know? What if you shared with them and their lives are completely transformed? What if you share with them and you're like, man, you know, that, that, was, so, that was so God. Where's your relationship with him going to go to? Oh, amazing. See, sometimes we don't, we don't take the risk because we're afraid of what people will, th will think, you know. But actually, think as well of what you're going to lose, what you're not getting through that moment. It's worth the risk. And as we travel in that way of love, that's the prophetic framework in our lives as a church that God intended right from the beginning that's restored. God's logos and God's Rima operating in a believer upon the foundation of love. It's very real. And when we share, when we reveal what he's saying, people get to experience the nature of God. The Logos and the Rima make God's intentions very clear to us. That we can stand on it, them, in confidence and declare the promises of God. It's very real. It's very relevant. I want to encourage you guys in that. The realness and the relevance of the prophetic. Take hold of that today. It's not a sideline thing. It is core, front and center. Pursue this, guys. Pursue this prophetic life. It could lead you into all kinds of various places. Prophecy changes the game. Why does it change the game? It changes the game because life becomes very different and it stops being about what you can do in your own strength. The prophetic puts your life into a place where you could never earn the results. Maybe do the things you never do or couldn't do. Meet the people you'd just never meet. So when you hear from God, your options change. Why do your options change? Because it's not about where you're trying to get. It's about you coming directly under his spoken will for your life. The prophetic is real and relevant.
and will limit and we will limit what God wants to do in us if we just see it as a picture on the wall, a YouTube video to look at what other people do and we don't stop, bend down and pick up the axe and take hold of it and walk with it. For those of you guys who are here today and you, you don't know don't know Jesus I want to give you guys an opportunity to just say actually Jesus I want to come back to you I want to start this journey with you if you're listening to the podcast pray this after me as well send us a message if you pray this love to connect with you Jesus thank you for making me your treasure thank you God for paying for the price for my sin which I could never pay I ask for forgiveness today I receive righteousness from you and I thank you today. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. I give you my life today. I make a decision to follow you and obey you from this day forward. Amen. If that's you, please come and you're here. Please come and see see me at the end. Love to spend some time with you, chat with you, pray with you. Today, there are some people here and you know you need to sort out this pursuing God thing. He's just there, but there's this, you just know you're not pursuing intimacy with him. You know he's there, you love him, but you aren't walking that way of love and seeing the world as he sees it. You got challenges. And I just, just as we have this moment of response, guys, I, there's, I know there's some folk here who are facing challenges with people and I just want to encourage you, just release that. Let the love of God just flood into you. Let the love of God just flood into you and through you and just release that. Some of you are here today as well and you're saying, I really want what you're talking about. I want that. I want to go deeper and deeper. I am eagerly desiring that. I'm earnestly desiring that. I want to go deeper and deeper into the prophetic. Guys, for all these things, I would love just for us just to have just a moment where you can just speak to him. 